This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Steve Vickers in Christian Life Church in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com. How many of you in here saw the movie Titanic? Yeah, the majority of people. And see, what's neat about me is I get to kick this off for the next three weeks, so I figured I picked out the best movie. And, but what's interesting about this movie, uh, of course, we know how much money it made and it took the box office by storm, but one of the things that we're going to focus on today is the elderly lady who was the Rose, you know, fast-forwarded, she made a comment that the Titanic was called the Ship of Dreams. And what I'm going to be ministering to you about for the next few minutes, and hopefully we'll get you out before three, is, and again, if, we get a, if you need a snack, we do have popcorn for you, so you know there's an ulterior motive behind this stuff that we're serving you just in case you're getting hungry. Because, you know, I don't want to hear your stomach growling or any of those type things. But anyways, what we're going to be talking about is, is that since 2008, how many of you know that our country and different things have kind of been in a, what they call a recession? Any of y'all remember those things? Uh, you know, me and my household, we just decided not to participate in it. And so, you know, we just made our mind up, okay, you can have a recession all you want to, I'm just not going to go there. You know, you can have all you want, but anyway, since 2008, I've noticed something that's been taking place, and that is, is that a lot of individuals' dreams have hit an iceberg. Would you agree with that? The things that you had figured out, the things that you had planned, and how many of you know we're planners? You know, a lot of times we, we get something going and we have it all figured out, and then we want to try to put God in it. <laughs> I need some help today, okay? Because that's our human nature, and God doesn't get mad about that. Trust me, sometimes he looks at it and goes, you know what, if you would just follow my plan and do what I want you to do, things will work out a whole lot better. But in life, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of times things happen because we're living in a fallen world. And it's not that God did not want that dream to come to pass for you, but sometimes we either made poor decisions or other people's decisions hamper your dream. But the good news is, is that no matter if your dream has become sunk to the bottom of an ocean, God has a bigger, better plan for you if you will turn back on your dreams. Because see, the reality of it is, is we get to decide whether or not the business that failed, the marriage that failed, the relationships that failed, we get to determine whether or not we are going to allow that to disable us the rest of our lives and sat around complaining about the dream that sunk instead of believing God for a brand new, bigger, and better dream. Guys, I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all are. Amen. I mean, yeah, I just, just you, know, I, I, you know, I'm getting after it up here. And 
I, uh, I thank you. You know, we can, you can say amen, you can clap, you can do all that stuff because, you know, we are a uh, spirit-filled church and we like a little bit of excitement. And there's nothing like when the minister's ministering, just like with Pastor, when he's up here preaching, he loves a little feedback because it lets him know that you're getting it. And I want you to get this today. Amen? amen. Now, in this process, one of the things that I have come to realize is that even churches have failed. Do you realize that in this day and age, there are more churches that are closing its doors than ever in the history of the church? And you may ask yourself, well, it's because of the pastor, or it's because of this, or it's because of this, or it's because of this. Well, I want to lay this out there, and we're going to get more into this in a little bit. So many churches are struggling not because of the pastor. It's because people will not let go of the past and move forward with what God's trying to do in the present. Those that are clapping agree. Those that are not are going, man, why is he talking to me today? See, the good thing is, is I just happen to be here. Don't know how long I'm going to be here, but you can get mad at me all you want to. It's okay, because <laughs> I'm still going to love you. But while I'm here, I'm going to speak the truth to you, because I see the reality of what God is wanting to do. I see that God is not done with CLC, and he's definitely not done with Montgomery, Alabama. But the great news, guys, is is that we started out like Rose and Jack and we're on this big ship and all of a sudden things go wrong. Things happen. And then what takes place though when those things happen is so many of us, we shut down. We get the mindset that, well, let's just wait and see what happens. Thank you. And we're just going to hang out. And you know what? If the church starts growing and there gets a little bit of excitement in it, then I'll think about getting back on board. <laughs> or if things go the way that I think they should go, then I'll get back on board of the ship instead of realizing that nowhere in Scripture is that what we're told to do. See, we want to use scriptures when it benefits us. Oh, I'm blessed. You sure are. <laughs> oh, I'm this and I'm that. Yes, you are. But you're also called to something bigger. You're called to something that is so much bigger of what God is wanting us to do. But at the end of the day, we as individuals get to decide what part we're going to play or we're going to sit around and complain about what's not happening instead of getting on board with what is happening and help move this ship forward. Thank you. Guys, y'all need to, you know, help me out here a little bit because... Uh, I, uh, I did not come today to take, uh, to just fill a sermon. I refused to do that. I came here with something to say. And there is a big difference. When things go wrong and things do not go according to our plan, we have a tendency again to shut down. We turn off our dreams 
We stop being involved and we even stop caring. Now, I'm going to upset some folks right now, but that's okay. You still got to love me. One of the things that my wife and I did when we moved here is, is we just went before pastor and we said, look, whatever you and Denise need us to do, that's what we're going to do. We don't want a position. I had a position. It's much easier without the pains and the headaches of it. But you know, what I can do is, is I can smile. I can open an umbrella for somebody. I can open a door for somebody and say, thank you for coming to church. Now, in that process, we've been trying some different things. Now, again, confrontation and truth hurts. But without truth, there's no change. So many want to be set free, but they don't want to accept truth. In the process of getting to be out front, being at the drive entrance, (laughs) being at the front door and seeing how individuals have treated my volunteers, I am blown out of the water with, and these people... Say they love God. And I'm wondering if they act that way driving into the church, how are they acting when they're at home? How are they acting when they're on the job and that person beside them needs somebody to encourage them, but they're so consumed with their own little world, they can't even smile. And then we wonder why nobody wants to have anything to do with this thing called Jesus. Because ladies and gentlemen, we are here taking His place. Whether you realize it or not, we are taking Jesus' place. And so many of us are going, oh, I just can't wait till God's Spirit pours out upon all flesh. He's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to represent who Jesus is. And when we start representing who Jesus is, what do you think is going to happen to CLC? What do you think is going to happen to Montgomery? What do you think is going to happen to this country? What do you think will happen to this world? It will be turned upside down the same way it was during Pentecost. Some of y'all need to go to the table right now and get some sweets because the looks on your faces are so sour. Hallelujah. Church, I'm here today to tell you that it's time to turn our dreams back on. We have been just existing. We have been in survival mode. And it's time to get past those things. It's time to stop existing and start conquering. Let me say that again to maybe it'll light you up just a little bit. Stop existing and start conquering. The church, you as a son and daughter of the Most High God, was never created just to exist. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we need to get a mindset that if God be for me, who can be against me? 
No longer am I just going to get by. No longer am I just going to squeeze through. No longer am I going to just try to exist. But every day I'm going to get up and I'm going to team up with my God and say, Lord, what can I do today to impact those people that I'm around? Get past just existing, ladies and gentlemen. Existing is no life because those that's a little bit older in here, and I'm young, 22, 23, speak those things that be not as though they should be. (laughs) That's unscriptural, but I thought I'd use it. As you get older, what is something that you realize? Things speed up, don't they? And every day you think, I've got tomorrow. And then within a blink of an eye, that tomorrow's gone and now it's next month. Do you realize it was just a week or two ago that we were celebrating a new year? And do you realize that here we are today, almost the end of July? And within another blink of an eye, all of a sudden it'll be the end of the year and we'll be celebrating Christmas. And we'll be going, my God, where did 2014 go? And before you realize it, because you're in existing mode, day after day, month after month, year after year will pass you by and you will wake up and realize that because your dream back in 2008, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, because it hit an iceberg at that point, you shut down right there and you stopped living. We were never made to just get by. We were never designed to just exist. It's time to start building and stop waiting. Stop waiting for God to do something. God is already doing something and he's speaking it to you every single time you come in here. Every single time you walk through these doors, God is speaking to you and you're sitting there waiting. Waiting to see whether or not you like it. Waiting to see whether or not you agree with it. And I'm going to go another step further. Some of you, and I thank God I was not out front this morning. That's why I wasn't out front this morning, because I knew I had to preach. Some of you, when you walked in the church this morning, my God, movie posters in church. Don't raise your hand. Look straight at me, and the person sitting beside you will not know it's you. Popcorn in church? Candy? My God, where's the church gone? It's moving on to impact a new generation of people, and it's leaving you behind. While you're sitting there complaining because there's been some changes, get on the ship. Get on board with it. Quit sitting there trying to figure out, well, you know what? I cannot believe. Have you seen? They preach in blue jeans. <laughs> that pastor greets us at the front door in shorts. I'm showing off my pretty legs. Isn't it amazing how the things that we get caught up with mean nothing? Do you think God cares about the way we dress and the way we look? What he cares about is, is how we act portraying Jesus. And I know some of us are like, yeah, we're going to go too far with this. Let me tell you something. Let me share this with you. First of all, I know our pastor. And if you don't trust him by now, you need to find a different church. 
Has there been things that's happened in the past? Yes, it has. People's gotten hurt. Emotions have gotten hurt. All these things have happened. But at the end of the day, we can't do nothing with that. I don't know about you, but I am proud to be part of a church that is willing to change to impact a group of people. Now, let me share this with you. Please understand, I love every one of you. That's why I'm speaking truth to you. I may never, he may never let me back on this podium again, but right now I'm here. So, <laughs> Do you realize that that man is 67 years old? He's 60, that's right, he's young. He's 67 years old and basically in ministry, guess what he's doing? Starting over. He's starting over. And you know what the easiest thing in the world would be for him to do? Shut it down. Because it's too hard. What are people going to think? How are they going to handle it? Me and Denise will just go off in the sweet by and by and enjoy each other. Forget y'all. <laughs> but he didn't do that. He said at 67 years old, God gave him a mandate to impact this city and this region. And he's chose to make the changes that's necessary to reach a younger generation. And many of us are sitting around looking at what it's doing to us instead of realizing, my God, what's it doing to him? What is he going through? People leaving, people complaining, people griping. Are you serious? What is his heart about? What is his heart about, church? It's people. And he's willing, he got on his face before God and said, Lord, however you want this ship to go, I'm willing to do it. And if that means I have to change everything about me, so be it. And it's doing that very thing, isn't it? And I don't know about you, but I'm proud that he's my pastor. And I'm not up here tooting his horn. I'm not going to get a raise out of this. I'm just speaking the truth because, see, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Have you ever wondered how I got here? I got here because a group of individuals refused to change with what God was wanting done. And whether you realize it or not, and I learned the hard way, and when you start looking at the Scripture, you'll see it real quick. People can shut down what God desires. And you know what's great is you and I get to decide. You and I, old, young, black, white, we get to decide. Are we going to get on this thing? Or are we going to decide, you know what? I'm going to wait and see. We have to, it's our choice, guys. See, that's how much God loves us is he gave us the ability to choose. Man, this is some good stuff. What you have to realize, guys, he cannot do it alone. No matter how passionate he is, no matter how much God has spoke to him 
about impacting people's lives, he cannot do it alone. It's impossible. And so you may be here this morning, and your dreams may have gotten shattered. There's been a lot of dreams shattered. Mine have been shattered time, it seems like time and time again, but I refuse to give up. I keep looking forward to the prize that I know that's coming. And I want you to do the same thing. Stir that hope up. Stir those dreams up. And most importantly, do not let the enemy paralyze you to inaction. Because that's what he's doing to the church, guys. And in this process, instead of shutting down, we should be turning on. We should be looking at situations and circumstances and instead of judging it and wondering about it, go to the leader and say, you know what, what can I do to help? Amen. What can I do to get involved? What can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Amen. Well, you know, there was a survey, guys, that was done a few months ago that I ran across and I was like, oh my God, that's unreal. Over 2,000 people were surveyed, regular church-going people. And they were asked the question, what is the church here for today? And over 90% of them said this very statement. The church is here to meet my spiritual needs. In other words, it's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about what I want, what I desire. Do you know that God's going to meet your spiritual needs, but in the process of meeting your needs, He wants you to partner with Him to meet bigger needs? Because that's how it works. Now I want you to look in Scripture over to 1 Peter 4.10. 1 Peter 4.10. I'm going to read out the NIV. <clears throat> Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. You have received. Every single person in here has something to bring to the table. And what's interesting about what you have received that maybe you have never realized that I'm going to point out to you today is, is that what you have received reveals God's grace in its various forms. What God has put on the inside of you reveals God's grace to somebody else that's in need. Have you ever thought about that? That what God put in me, as I use that gift, I am revealing His grace to somebody else. What have you received? What do you know God put on the inside of you? What is it that is there that you refuse to allow out? Because a lot of times we step out and use our gifts and talents, but when things don't work out, when the iceberg comes up, or we get offended, or we get hurt, or we don't get recognized the way we thought we should, we take our gift, you know, it's like the little kid that's a six-year-old. I'm going to take my ball and go home. And we don't realize that God's saying, no, don't take your ball and go home. Get in the game. 
Because when you get in the game, that's when I'm going to use you to reveal my grace to this dying, hurting world. Don't take your ball and go home. I want you to look at your neighbor right now. And don't look at your neighbor. See, this, this is to upset some people too. Like, that's just uncomfortable. It's time to change. Look at your neighbor and go, I've got something. Oh, come on. Look at him and say it like you mean it. I've got something. And that's not a disease. It's not cooties. It's God has chosen you for this time and this season with certain gifts, with certain talents that he's brought you to CLC to release into this body to impact all of this area and this region. That's why he gave it to you. Because why? He's wanting to show his grace. He's wanting to show his love. That's what it's all about. See, we focus too much on how things are getting done instead of why it's being done. The why is much more important than the how. Why is all this change taking place? Oh, because they just got a bright idea one day. No. It's taking place because God is wanting to reach these generations that are walking out of the church and refusing to have anything to do with it. That's why all this change is taking place. And we can get on board with it, guys. We can make a decision. We're the ones that can make a difference. Are you going to be consumed with yourself or are you going to use what God has given you to impact others, to rescue others? Are you going to focus on the way things used to be or the way things used to be done? Or are you going to change so that the church will not fail and we can all work together to do great things with God? Because guys, so many times we look at it and go, oh, I'm going to do great things for God. The reality of it is, is you don't realize that you're in partnership with God. We're in partnership with God. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator of the heavens and the earth. We are in partnership with Him. And when you see that you're in partnership with Him, no longer will you look at things that I have to, but you'll look at it and go, praise God, I get to. Because I'm in partnership with God. What he put on the inside of me, it's not going to go to ruin. I'm going to accomplish what he's given me. And I'm going to use this avenue called CLC to help bring it to pass because everybody is a piece of the puzzle. We're all a piece of the puzzle. And you put that puzzle together and guess what we got? A beautiful picture. We can all do more. If you're not serving, helping in some area, why not? If you're not giving financially, why not? If you're not tithing, why not? You waiting on something to happen? What's it going to take? Oh, well, when my ship comes in, all that ship sank. It sank. And in the process of it sinking, God's wanting you to believe Him for a new ship, but start where you are. Be faithful with those little things that you consider little things. If you're not serving or helping, start. If you're not giving something each week, 
start. If you are giving just a little, start giving more. All these things show our pastor that we are with him and what God has placed in his heart to do. And more importantly, listen to this. I do not want you to get out of this message today that I'm up here trying to lift up a man. That's not what this is about. What this is about is, is revealing and getting you on fire to turn your dream back on and get you to realize that pastor is leading this thing in the right direction. He is going in the right direction. And in this process, it, what it does is it reveals to God that we are willing to partner with him. When you don't do these things, when you don't serve, when you don't give, when you don't get involved and all you do is gripe and complain, you're not doing it to the church. Ultimately, you're doing it to God and you're saying, no, God, I don't want to partner with you in this endeavor. Now, of course, none of us would say that, would they? We wouldn't go there. It's kind of like this and I want to share this with you. And I'm not going to get political or any of those type things. But how many of you know that in our country right now, we've got a major debt issue? We can all agree on that, right? Tea Party, Republic, Democrat, whatever. We got a major debt issue. And if I was to go around this room with every one of you in here and ask you, do we need to do something about the debt crisis in this country? Every single one of you would say, absolutely, we need to do something. Somebody needs to do something. Thank you. But then the next step comes in. We need to do something. Okay, well, we're going to do something. But in this process of doing something, this is what it's going to cost you. Oh, no. Something needs to be done, but don't mess with my stuff. Don't go there with me. Because I believe it should be taken from over there, not over here. See, we all know there's an issue, but we're not willing to sacrifice to pay the price to get it done. Now, I'm going to really upset some folks here. Guys, I love history. And when I knew that God was moving us to Montgomery, Alabama, it excited me, not just because of coming here, but it excited me because of the Civil Rights Movement. I have read every book there is. I've visited every site. I eat that stuff up like it's no tomorrow. And this church is known in the community for blacks and whites being accepted. And aren't you glad today, guys, that somebody, a group of somebodies, decided back in the 60s that enough was enough and no matter what it cost me, I'm willing to do something about it even if it kills me. Where's that spirit at in the church? Where's that mindset at in the church today? I have been praying and going, God, please give us that same spirit that was in Dr. King. Give us that same spirit to where we can get back to righting wrongs and everything that is injustice, turn it around and make it right. Where's that spirit at? We're sitting here waiting on somebody to do something. And God's saying, man, I have given you my spirit. You are more than able to do something. Now you get out and do it. But many are sitting there just like in those days. And one of the things that, that disgusted me more than anything was the clergy that was right here in this town. The clergy that was in Birmingham. Some of you may not know this. But churches, black churches and white churches, wrote him a scathing letter in a Birmingham jail, ridiculing him and criticizing him because he was trying to make a difference. 
pastors, church people. My God, are you serious? And here we are today, just in a different way, doing the same thing. We're doing it in a different arena. We're sitting around ridiculing and, and judging and all this stuff. And you know what? Hey, Dr. King's a nice, sweet person, better than I could ever dream of being. But I know what my letter would have been like. Let me tell you something, you idiots. Until you're willing to get out here and march with me and be shot at, shut your mouth. And see, too many people are sitting here <laughs> shooting, but they're shooting their mouth. They're judging the pastor and they never even walked in those shoes. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm going to be done in a few minutes. We're actually going to have prayer time for you to heal all those wounds. But see, we got to rip the scab off of some stuff so it can be healed. We've got to do it, guys. Where's that mindset? Where is that mindset? Where is that spirit at? Man, it's got to come back to the church. Because the church is not here to exist. It's here to conquer. It is here to conquer. And I want to share this with you about the last thing that the Lord showed me about the civil rights movement. And i got to move on. Maybe you've never looked at it this way. Do you realize that what Dr. King and Rosa Parks and all these people did with that mindset that they had, do you realize what it would really boil down to? Their mindset was, it's time to enforce what had already been given. It's time to enforce what had already been given. Well, what's that got to do with the church? I didn't come to church today here about Dr. King. Well, you shouldn't have come. What it has to do with the church is, is God is wanting us to start enforcing things and walking in things that's already been given. Don't worry, I'm going to get done here in just a few minutes. Turn over with me to Matthew chapter 25. Most of you know this, the parable of the talents. In the process of understanding the parable of talents, you know we've heard it and a lot of us have been, you know, know about this. And if you're new, that's great. I want you to hear it for the very first time. We're going to pick the story up in verse 24. Jesus is teaching and he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. This is how the kingdom operates, okay? Everybody understand that part. This is how the kingdom operates. To one of his servants... He gave five talents. The NIV says gold. Other interpretations says silver. And when you break down talents, yes, it's all about money. Now, he gave one five, one two, and one one. Five, two, and one. The one that had been given five, what did he go do with it? He increased it. He doubled it. But what's interesting about it, when you read Matthew, did he ever tell him to go and do anything with it? So it's implied that you to do whatever God's put in you. That's good, guys. He didn't tell them to go multiply. But they had a unction. And these were servants, guys. 
They were servants, and he gave them five. And the guy had an inkling on the inside of him, man, God's given me this, so therefore i got to do something with it. I just can't sit around and not do nothing with it. And he doubled it. The guy that done two, same thing, he went and doubled it. But the one that had one. See, many times, guys, and I'm going to just kind of share it like this. So many of us have a talent, but we're too concerned about somebody else's talent and what they're doing with it that we refuse to do anything with what God's given us. That'd been a great place to go, amen. See, I didn't preach so much today, my voice is going out. Some of y'all are like, thank God. That's all right, God's gonna give it to me till the end of this service, trust me. Here he goes in verse 24. The man who had received one bag of gold came as master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you have not sacrificed seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your goat in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. I was afraid. And I went and hid what you gave me. See, sometimes, guys, life hits us. Dreams go down. And what happens is we get so afraid of being hurt or disappointed anymore, we will sabotage our own future out of fear. His master replied, verse 26, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Just something out of it. Something. He goes on and he says, so take, verse 28, take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more. And they will have in an abundance. Whoever does not have. See, this just seems unfair. But see, God's just. And if you ever wondered why, and I've heard people say this, well, God really don't care if the church grows. Are you stupid? If that was a, well, some of y'all are like, he just called. No, I didn't call. You stupid. If your thinking is that, then your thinking is stupid. God wants this church and every church around here packed out every Sunday. If that's not the case, then when when Pentecost all took place, they were all wrong. Okay, let me get done with this because y'all are giving me some ugly looks. I can feel it on my bald head and beamy eyes right there. I feel it, baby. They hit me hard back there. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. Now, please listen to this, guys. This is a point, and then I'm going to get ready to show you the last clip of Titanic, and then I'm going to finish. What this servant did is he hid his talent and exposed his fear. He hid his talent. He hid what God had given him and exposed his fear. Whereas what God is wanting us to do and what I'm trying to relay to every single one of you today, it's time we hide our fear and expose our talent. Get rid of the fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. 
you've got the goods. God has invested great and mighty things in every single one of you. And I know what some of you have been through. I know the hurt and the pain and the turmoil that you've been through. But at the end of the day, realize who you are. Realize that the enemy has done everything he can to stomp out the dreams and the desires that God put on the inside of you to where you'll just exist instead of standing up and going, no more existing today. You need to look at somebody today and say, I know I will no longer exist. Oh, I need to hear a little better than that. I will no longer exist. We're not here to exist, guys. We are not here to exist. Now listen to me. As we get ready to show you this last scene, and I'm trying to finish up here. In this last scene, I want you to decide as the boat has sunk and we're going to pick up the theme where they were in the water. I want you to decide which people group are you going to be. Go ahead. clip is extremely powerful because there are people all around us who are perishing. And where many of us are at today is we've taken on a kayak mentality. I will get in my little boat and be concerned about me. What I want the direction I want to go, do what I want to do. But there's one issue with a kayak mentality. You can't rescue anybody. You cannot help anybody. And what God is wanting us to do is to get rid of the kayak mentality and get into a boat that we can start rescuing people, guys. There are people all around us who are perishing. You decide. Today is your day to get to decide whether you're going to stay in the kayak or you're going to get over here and get in the boat to where you can start rescuing and helping others. And closing, closing this out, guys, the last illustration I want to give you. I don't know if you've ever thought about it this way. This is a life preserver. What God has given you, the talents, the giftings that he has given you, is a life preserver for somebody else. What God has given you is a life preserver for someone else. And you can look at that, and I'm not here today to try to yank your emotional chain. What I'm here today to try to do is, is relight your fire. To get you to look past yourself and realize there is so much more that God has put on the inside of you. And there's so much more to his plans and purposes right here in this church, right here in this city. And are we going to 
continue to float to what we want? Or are we going to get in the boat and become partners with God and fulfill what He wants? Today, little bitty whistles. I got 300 of them. And as you're leaving today, the ushers are going to be at the corners up there. And I want each and every one of you to get one of these little whistles. And I'm not trying to drive you nuts with your little three-year-old with it. (laughs) But I want you to take one of these whistles as a reminder that people are perishing. Put it on your key ring, put it on your dresser. But I want you to be forever reminded that God needs you. And he cannot and he will not, ladies and gentlemen, do it without us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit ChristianLifeChurch.com.